this is Barry Wolf. I'm really honored and excited to be here with my friend uh, who we've met through LinkedIn. I mean, with Chris Ressa, who's a COO of DLC Management. Chris is an absolute thought leader when it comes to the real estate sector on social media. Uh, so if you're not following Chris, you need to change that immediately. Chris, so, so great to have you here today. Thanks. Excited to be here, Barry. So Chris, obviously you're with REIT. Uh, you're you know, knee deep in you know, rent concessions and how tenants are doing. I imagine it's a, probably, you could equate it to a lot like a wrestling match. <laughs> you were a former wrestler, D1 yeah. wrestler at Rutgers. Uh, you're an athlete. So certainly the back and forth of that you're very familiar with. How is DLC wrestling through these rent concession requests and you know, trying to work through with their tenants? So I think for us, the we are totally um, understand the dramatic events and want to be willing to work with our tenants. I think the thing that I struggle with the most is that the the trying to isolate this as a black swan event and which it is obviously but not think about the totality of circumstances. And so as, as a landlord, especially over the last decade, a lot of the stores have, you know, the, the, there's definitely was a pendulum shift, shift where a lot of the stores, there was a lot of landlord work and TI dollars put into these. And the payback periods are significant. And so to just totally discount that and not put that, you know, in a place where part of the return that we were getting or trying to get to is based, not part of the return is based on the rent that's coming in. So if you have to defer that, it totally changes the economics of that. No different than it changes the economics. The retailer thought they were going to be able to get sales and they may not be today. But so that all needs to be considered in our opinion and I think that that's the biggest struggle is trying to get people to look at the totality of the circumstances. And there are a lot of retailers who are willing to do that. And there's some that just want to focus on this one moment in time and then move on uh, and maybe worry about it later. But, you know, there, that is probably the biggest struggle that I have is I, I, I you know, we're willing to work with our tenants, but to look at the totality of the circumstances is important for both parties, in my opinion. I use the TI or landlord work as just an example, but there's obviously other factors that, that play into that. And so that's probably the biggest struggle. And you make an excellent you point. Know, you as far as, and you make a great point as it relates to tenant improvement dollars. That it really, I think I've seen you raise that on social media, but it has not come up a whole lot. But in reality... As you say, I mean, if you've got a 10, 15 year lease with a significant investment by the landlord, those first several years, you're just paying back the TI dollars. That's not actual money in your pocket in reality. There's no profit there yet. Correct. And so that that is the and so that is that is that is a, a big rub. And you know, for, for us being in a lot of centers that we've redeveloped and we've, you know, we're value add and we've turned into strong centers, you know, that it, it's a big challenge. And so I, we are, we understand, we, we're empathetic. We, 
we have issues, right? We have to pay our, you know, just like everyone else, we have to pay the mortgages and, you know, try to work with lenders. But I think that looking at the totality of the circumstances, um, I understand the, 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 the retailer can't ring the register. Got it. Um, but I haven't been able to ring the register for a while from a profit perspective in some of those deals. And so we need to be able to look at those uh, on a whole and not just in a 60 day period. Right. Great thoughts. So Chris, you're as immersed in retail as anybody in the industry. I mean, literally you, you eat, sleep and, and breathe this stuff. I mean, you're, you're in your car, I think literally in a parking lot of a shopping center near you right now. How does totally. retail move forward? What's your vision? And I think we're all trying to figure this out, but what's your vision the next you know, 30, 60, 90 days short term to broader term, how do these retailers get back moving forward, being coming profitable again? That's a critical component. What does it look like the next you know, balance of this year even and your thoughts? So one of the things that I, I, you know, I struggled with over the last five years is this, is this uh, what I'll bucket in however you want to call it, is this experiential retailing. Yeah. And, um, in order to, to, to grab the consumer to the property, we needed to make it experiential. And one of the things that I think just bucketing in that, that was missed is that it is not just, it is not just a want. Um, it is a need for brick and mortar stores. It is a need for brick and mortar stores because of the economics last mile is a real challenge economically and and there is you know you take tenants the convenience stores and the dollar stores you know i don't know that we're ever going to get it to a place where it makes sense to deliver a pack of gum or a, or a diet pepsi to somebody uh and there is a you know there is a need for that and those are extreme examples but i believe that um, it's not just a, it, there's a need in order to provide the consumer with a product or a service at a price that they perceive as a value. We need brick and mortar stores. If you're, if you're, you know, sending out 4,000 packages to 4,000 customers in 4,000 different UPS trucks is a lot more expensive to either the company or the consumer, wherever the dollars get spent versus sending one truck to one store. And so I, I think at some point, you know, people, in, in, and I think this will come to prove out that the economics of the brick and mortar store are imperative. And we need that as a country in order to, you know, provide the value that consumers are looking for. And so we can enhance that offering by making it more experiential, but I don't want to lose sight that the economics uh, are necessary. Uh, and it is, it is necessary in order for us to, you know, bring as a country the value to the consumer to have brick and mortar stores. Agreed. And you make a great point of the last mile. And that's been a challenge for Amazon for years. And that's where the inherent advantage Walmart, Target, these other, and frankly, even mom and pop retailers, if they 
make that transition, they have that advantage. I mean, yesterday I went to Walmart. We picked up several things. I, I was the last mile. I did curbside pickup. I never got out of my car. I was in and out of the parking lot in probably less than 60 seconds, but I was the last mile. And that's something Walmart is really excelling with. If I got done curbside pickup with other mom and pop retailers. I think that's something, not just the nationals, but I think the local tenants can make this transition. And it's, it may not just be a 30, 60 day thing. It may be something that permanently they can use to be more helpful and more convenient to the consumer. Yeah, I, I think so. There's no doubt there's a lot of things and, and there might be even, might be even everything at some point where you can get it delivered to your home and you can get it fast. What, what, what I struggle with is can that be done cheaper than the store and i don't i think there's going to be people who have a larger disposable income that will you know where convenience uh you know they're going to pay for it to be delivered to them and make it more convenient and there's someone who who'd rather um save the money and be a little um less convenient uh, in order to put those dollars back in their pocket. And so uh, I don't think, you know, with, I don't think that ever changes in the United States that there is always going to be a large contingent of people who want to save money. And as you go into, you know, a place where, you know, your unemployment's significantly uh, higher than it was 90 days ago, I, I think that's going to prove out to be true as well and 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 if you can provide the convenience such as curbside pickup or buy online pickup in store and create the value that's probably the best of both worlds and you're probably going to see that um a lot more from everybody obviously walmart excelling at it uh and so is target and some others but i i think you're going to see that more and more for sure you know, there's a lot, and I think you have a good test period right now because there's a lot of retailers in states that are opening with curbside pickup only. And so the, it was the necessity of innovation, right? The, 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 the circumstances caused these retailers to try to start to implement this who, who might have not been implementing this pre-COVID-19. Agreed. And that's a perfect example. I think that's something, as you said, it's, they, they were forced to do this. Along those lines, Chris, I am a big believer that we're going to see new technologies, you know, health, medical, otherwise, and just you know, business come out of this period that three to five years from now, or probably even shorter time frame, we're going to look back and see some tremendous concepts and ideas that, that were birthed during this you know, 60, 90, 120 day period. And you hit on one with even just enhanced curbside pickup. What, do you, what are one or two things you think that are going to come out of this? We're going to look back and say, that was actually a, a silver lining of going through this this horrible period, particularly where you are up in the Northeast. I think that the the thing that the the brick and mortar retailers have focused on a ton is creating a relationship with the consumer and 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 really the really focusing on that relationship and, and making sure they stay in front of that consumer, even if they can't regularly in person connect with them at the store level. And so I think everybody, even if that wasn't a pillar previously, creating a digital relationship to communicate with the consumer so that 
it helps the in-store better for. You froze up there for a second, but I think we got the gist of it. No, great, great thoughts. And certainly appreciate your time, Chris. And coming up here in, I think, two weeks, just uh, March, May 18th, I believe it is, you're going to be, I'm really excited. Marcus and Milichap, we always host retail trends out in Vegas at Recon. There is no Recon this year, but I was you know, excited to see that we're still hosting retail trends digitally. Uh, you're going to be one of the three panelists uh, that's going to be tremendously informative even you know more than usual this year given all the circumstances so chris really excited to see you on that panel i know you're gonna have a ton of insights uh how can people you know best connect with you like i said i know you're a phenomenal thought leader on linkedin and otherwise your podcast obviously what's the best way for folks to, to stay in touch with you yeah so linkedin's a great place um to find me and you know if if you're not if you could listen to the podcast and to retail retold is the name of it and to that point on the podcast the i mentioned the digital relationship with the consumer and i i recently had on the podcast zach lonis who was the director of social media marketing for walmart and he he's responsible for social media uh as it relates to connecting with the consumer at walmart and so if you wanted some insights about what the number one company on Fortune 500 is doing in order to make sure they keep that relationship. There's an episode we had on that uh, a couple of weeks ago that um, everyone should listen to. Yeah, I'm excited about the uh, panel. Uh, you had helped uh, get me on there. So really thank you for that. And uh, I think uh, it, it'll be a good one. So great. Well, Thanks for your time, Chris. Uh, stay safe, stay well, your family, everybody up there, everyone with your company. So thanks for everything you're doing. Thank you, Barry. Thanks, thanks for having Chris. me. Be well.